Shalom and thanks for joining us. You're listening to the Elect Life Podcast Edition with Liz McGee. We hope you enjoy the journey as Liz takes you through her mystical insights from ancient Jewish writings. You'll find more info on the website at theelectlife.org. So go check it out and make sure you have oil in your lamp for the coming of Mashiach. And now your host, Liz McGee. I just wanted to uh, kind of pop into everybody's living room to say a few things because I I have a I feel like today's kind of an auspicious day again I'm going to jump off the cliff again and I have some things from my heart that I want to share to a larger audience and to the ladies I want to say I have I have it very much on my heart to connect again with all of my friends in the area that Dennis and I knew from the bookstore from years, 25 years. There are some of the most amazing people, Christians, who, you know, just know and love the Father. So I I just felt, because I don't want to be alone in this, you know, isolation is one thing, but we have with technology the ability to connect, and that's very important to me anyways, because I'm kind of alone. <laughs> But if anybody knows, you know, Dennis and I, and it really came out at the funeral, we, it was such a beautiful time. And just reviewing Dennis's life and, you know, our life together and our boys was so crazy. And that's a whole, but, but it did bring back to us and it did that Dennis and I really did have a shared mission. One uh, the glue that besides the glue of, you know, I've got to the father of being, um, knowing that we were uh, on the same page spiritually, we had this committed passion for the end times and for the scriptures and trying to understand this is a very complex, it's called eschatology. <laughs> it's complex. And, and we just spent years and studying and talking and things but and we were both convinced in our spirits that we were the last generation that we had personally a part to play and that this was going to unfold and <laughs> i never saw the fact that he was going to be taken out early uh i always used to tell him you know honey when things got really rough, somebody like, you know, there's no booking out early. Nobody, we're, we're going to go, we're going to do this thing to the end together. Well, that's not exactly going to play, play out that way. But I'm going to have to continue on. And I know, Dennis, I know that he's with me. We're still in the same journey together. So I want to reach out, especially to, the, to women that I know are absolutely spiritually minded, that love the Lord, that are 100% in, that are committed, that have a lot of knowledge and understanding. But there are some very large, and I, the best phrase is, inconvenient truths that have to be spoken. It's like the elephant in the room. And, you know, these things have to be spoken. And I've started to kind of say, we are in the end times. By every indication, by all of my research, a lot of the people that are like prophetic people that are tapped in out there in both houses, let me tell you, Israel today is awash and, and with messianic fever, as they call it, and so are the Christians, so to speak. We all know something is up. We have entered a new season. There has been a shift, and this has to be addressed. But 
I'm reaching out to women, to you guys in particular, because A, I would like some friends to go with the long and one, but there's a message for women in this, and this is what I want to say. This is to me, we're going into, into very dangerous times. I mean, uh, I'm not going to get specific per se, except this is what's called biblically the last days. And I want to explain to everybody what that means. It's not the end of the world, you know. Uh, it's a shift, but we'll get there. But one of the things that's going to become more and more important is to know the people that you're ministering with. All right, so we're the elect, we're the called out, we're the... We're, we're the people of God, and we're prophetically, it says that we will be strong and do exploits exploits in the last days. And Daniel. But it's important to know the people that you're going to run with, especially in dangerous times. Like if you pick, you know, if you align yourself with, you know, and, and, and you know, you could lose your life by aligning yourself with the wrong people in turbulent times. Now, what I'm trying to say is what I'm doing is appealing to, to people who know me, who know Dennis, that we, by our fruit, Yeshua said very clearly, you will know them by their fruit. And I just have to say to people, I have no worldly credentials to say what I want to say. <laughs> There's nothing in the world. I have no degrees per se. I am, a, I am ordained as a minister with a very reputable and valid organization, but I don't practice in that per se. I realize I'm more just have like more of this teaching. I have this prophetic teaching burden that I need to speak. So I can't marry. I'm not going to marry anybody or do any of that, even though I legally could. <laughs> um, but the thing is, is you. This is important to understand. It, it leads into my two points. What I'm saying with women, because you will know them by the fruit. It's very important that we know the people that we're going to receive information from and trust. And that's one of the reasons today there's so much fake news. We don't know who these people are. We really don't know where, you know, you look in the web, all the, where their original source is, what their agenda is. It's very hard. But in terms of this, I'm saying that we've always loved the Lord. I, I mean, I'm not perfect, but in terms of dedication, holiness, study, consuming passion, these are, this is fruit of the Spirit, and along with the gentleness, the kindness. All right, so that is something that is going to become more and more important when you pick leaders, when you pick groups you're going to follow as we go into dangerous times because you want to be able to trust <laughs> the people. So this, that being said, um, and the reason this is important, the early church stressed this, Paul was saying this, uh, you know, and this is, this is really the admonition to the leadership in the local assemblies is you need to know the people that minister with you because many creep in unawares. This is important. Many people, you know, come and will say, prophesy in his name and do great, you know, and things, but he'll say in the end, he'll say, I don't know you. So this is kind of important concept, but Another issue that I just want to bring up. So I just appeal because I know you, and I'm hoping this is, we can have a very elevated discussion about the issue of the last times, what the prophecies say, what our role is, and how it's all going to come down. One of the other things is there is a spirit today, definitely in the political camp. I mean, this is what, and it's very alive and well. It's a spirit, and this is the thing we war against principalities, power, spiritual wickedness. And Yeshua calls it racha. 
in the Old Testament, actually, I had was going to go to that uh, verse. You know, there's a, uh, not the Old Testament, the New Testament in Matthew 5.22. Yeshua says, but I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother will be, will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to his brother Racha uh, will be subject to the Sanhedrin. And anyone who says you fool will be subject to the fire of hell. Now, that's a really highly, this whole thing, Jewish concept, because it mentions the Sanhedrin in there. And if I'm saying that, you know, Jesus was a Jew, he was a Jewish teacher, Rabbi, and his whole orientation and mindset was Hebraic. So he knew what he was saying. But this word raka is a very, it's, a, it's an interesting word, it's an important word for, to understand. Uh, it's an Aramaic word, but then again, that, because Yeshua spoke, it says he spoke in Aramaic, because he spoke in the common language of the people. And people understand, there's a difference between biblical Hebrew per se, but at the same time, Aramaic is an offshoot of, of Hebrew, but it's, it's tailored more for people, you know, uh, just the way we talk normally. All right. Um, but this word raka, so that just to give you the context for that, but the word, it means it's kind of along to, it's, it's a, it's a level of anger when you start gnashing your teeth. And this is what's happening in the police. You know, the Republicans and the Democrats, they just like gnash their teeth at each other. Uh, there's no dialogue, there's no solutions, because there's no real, the whole, our, the, the, the level in our country, the war has gotten to the level where the devil has been able to divide us to such an extent that, and I really do put this kind of more on the left side, because the things they say are on the level of racha. What I mean is, okay, I was just told by somebody very, very close to me, expressing a political comment. Oh, oh, you're such a Nazi. And, oh, okay, why don't you just go put your Klan robe on? And I'm like, like, hello? Like, like, this is what I mean. I'm not a Nazi. I don't have Klan. I mean, this is, this is very important because what God is going to do when he starts shaking the nations that is coming in these judgments, he's trying to shake people out of their mindsets. All right, he's really trying to, it's every idol, every every false thing, every high thing, everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, everything is going to come down. And the spirit of Raka is one where you don't even see the person in front of you. What you see is their ideology, and it's, oh, it's just, they're just on the devil, and, you know, there's no getting around it. And then, and that shuts down all discourse, and I'm like, well, if you look at me like that, then then what what have we got to talk about? I'm no longer Liz McGee to you. I'm some kind of... You see, that's very spiritual. That's how... And that's what Jesus was saying. He said there's a progression to this. Like, if you hate your brother, because it comes from the heart, you will... Um, you're going to be subject to judgment, because the whole principle is you point one finger, <laughs> it gets three back. So there's always judgment that comes back, and you for falsely accusing someone. But then... The point is, if it gets into a national level, like what we have today, unfortunately we don't have a Sanhedrin, but the point is, if you continue on and you say you fool, you are subject to hellfire. The progression of this is that uh, 
it leads to bloodshed. This spirit, everything's connected, this spirit of hatred will eventually lead to hatred, to bloodshed, and to all-out war. And this, look at our civil war. I mean, some of the issues that were in front of people that day, in the, you know, it, it got to the point where, well, the only solution is, you know, that is not God's way. Okay, he's a peacemaker. He He's like, okay, if he, you can do this thing the easy way, but a lot of times it gets done the hard way. So the whole point of this is, I have some things to say that I know are going to be or inconvenient truths that are going to be very um, foreign and it's going to kind of exacerbate. <laughs> uh, so what I want to say is if you know me and my fruit and you, you to get to the level of this discussion, because I am called, I'll just tell you, it's time I have to stir people up. There has somebody has to stir the pot and get people talking about the end times, getting people focused, listening, and 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 if they want answers, there are places to go. So this I want to want because as women, we are the keepers of our home. We are the keepers of the atmosphere, and a lot of times this this fills up into into our assemblies. And, but this we because let me just say one of the most obscure or arcane documents found in the Dead Sea Scrolls was this uh, treaty called the War Scroll. <laughs> and you read it, and, I read, and it's like, what is this? Are they in literal war? What is the language saying, or is it? what? And I finally understood realized that it, it, it is a war of polemics. When ideas clash, they're, they're um, in the spiritual sense, it is sometimes like a war of words. And that's okay. You can keep things in a war of words as long as it doesn't spill over in Taraka and into where you just totally, you start calling people names and then you just start, it, it just escalates really bad. We're called to have a unity. Even amongst our differences and how we don't all see things the same, we are still commanded to love each other and to have exhibit a, a level of unity. And so that's what I'm feeling. <laughs> but um, I want to go on to, uh, you know, Facebook Live this afternoon early and just sort of say a couple more things. But because in, in this whole larger picture, where we are, we're going into the end times. It's here. Elohim, Yahweh Elohim is going to thresh the nations. That's what it is. We've entered a cycle. He is going to, <laughs> he's going to keep hammering away at, and he's got plenty of resources at his disposal. One of them being, as we just with, you know, a plague that hits all the nations. So when they just say about the end times, one of the reasons called the end times, it things happen are going to go to like a biblical proportion. All right, he's not dealing with just one individual or family or name. He's dealing with the whole world. This is it. Everybody is going to either kneel and confess and bow or there'll be another outcome so the whole message to the end times is two messages that are going out one of them is woe to the wicked if you continue in your sin lawlessness your your stiff-neckedness your refusal to acknowledge your creator father to give god the glory and all this stuff you're going to have a certain outcome and ending but it's the other one is tell the righteous and 
Righteous is a word that should really also be translated right living, because you've got to have right living. Those who are really following Elohim and trying to, you know, as it says in Revelations, you know, who believe in the test Yeshua and keep the testimony of Moshe. That's, their, um, that's another category of people, and it'll be well with them. It's going to be fine with us. I mean, I'm not saying crazy stuff isn't going to happen, but our security, our the, the, the way we're going to feel the covering and the presence of Elohim is going to be the strongest that, that any other time in history. We're going to know our God. And he's going to show up. And he's going to do incredible things. So, you know, that being said, uh, what I started to say and explain is that we are not Christians. That is not our biblical name. <laughs> that, is, that is through history and the way things have gone and theologically, everything, okay, because I'll deal with that whole word, Christians, or they were called Christians in Ant and these things. But that, that's, a, that's a Greek word. Everything, in my opinion, everything can get straightened out if you bring it back to the Hebrew, bring it back to those letters. The word is true. The word does not lie. Uh, the word can be counted on. And this is an important, so the word church well, there's a whole, I'm going to do some on all that whole thing. But what I just want to say is what the father is saying, and this is what the prophets are saying, and I think there are some pretty good prophets out there with track records. And this has been confirmed in far as I can in the research, and uh, this has always been my understanding or my, my feelings. Uh, so I guess it's, we're, we're coming into a season of intense judgments. Let me say this is something that's interesting. As I look at this, the, the Christians do not really, and, and, and I say that because, listen, I once, my husband and I owned a Christian bookstore for 25 years. <laughs> I kind of know the Christian mindset, all right? I have grown into what I consider to be a larger mindset, the, uh, and that's just basically what I want to share. That, to me, makes all the difference in the world. But... It's time for people to truly get on God's page, get hit their house in order, but we have to know who we are. The biggest identity theft that has ever happened is this concept where Christians do not know who they are. And, and we don't understand that if you want to find yourself in the Bible, you want to find your prophecies, you are the house of Israel, the, um, the house of Joseph, Ephraim, Ephraim, the northern kingdom, uh, Samaria, these are all... You know, these are code words. These are different words for the same group of people. These prophets were unbelievable. <laughs> you know, they're, the level of the prophets in the Jewish, they're extremely intelligent people. I just want to say this. They don't just stick to one word. But anyways, the word for Jerusalem, just to tell you, there are over 70 different words the prophets use for Jerusalem. So if you didn't know that, you're only going to pick up that Jerusalem when they're talking is the city when they use it as Jerusalem. But Ariel, that's a word for Jerusalem. So when the prophet says, oh, Ariel, you know, so these are things we don't know, but this is all information that can be gotten. But my point being, we have to, he is asking his people that are called by his name, you know, it's all about coming home. It is time for all of us to do what's called in the Hebrew, teshuva. 
Teshuva is, is, is Hebrew. It means to turn. Repentance, the first word or the first concept in repentance is to turn. All right? So we have to, and in your, and you do this in your mind. The first thing is in your mind, you, you start to turn. It's like, oh, I, that's might not be God. I must turn from that behavior. I must turn from that thought pattern. I must turn from that emotional. I can't have hatred or bitterness or anger or any of these things in, uh, in my heart. This is what it's saying. So what, if we're not, if we're, is, what does that mean? We need to, and this is all in the Hebrew, this is all in the prophecies, this is all delineated in the writings, not making anything up. There's very specific prophecies to the house of Judah and to the house of Israel as they unite because we're going into what is called Yahweh is resurrecting, raising up again the tabernacle of David, which what that means is David worshipped with all of the all 12 tribes were together on the page as the temple was built and as they came together to worship under to worship Yahweh Elohim in the temple with the system that Yahweh had. And this is where we're going back. Now there's a lot of levels, a lot of layers to this thing. You know, it's the third temple going to be all these different things. But the point is, we're Hebrews, we're tribes. Father. Yeshua came for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Like I said to you, that's a code that we're, we're the lost sheep. We're coming back. But see, and I've said in the parable of the prodigal, that's about us Christians, but we're not quite home yet. We have to come home to, and to this concept of our heritage. And the only place you're going to find it is in Judah. Judah is the older. They've stayed in the house. They've kept the calendar. They've been doing the feasts. They have been, you know, not perfectly. Nobody's perfect. But they have retained the national identity. They've retained the writings. They've retained the calendar and the feasts and all these things. That's who our God is. That's who we are. And we need to go back to that. So... And this is a huge movement. This is why I'm reaching out. I mean, I discovered this about eight, ten years ago, and it's like, and I've been like, I've been checking it and double checking it and researching and going back. And I, it, there's no way. There's no other conclusion. Looking at it from history, looking at it from the writings, looking at it from, you know, so many different the Essenes, the the whole Dead Sea Scrolls, this whole like unbelievable library that pops out of the ground. What what's the point of that? <laughs> but there's three things I'd like to do. Well, a couple in specifically in this for myself and all of us that there's a couple quick things that we can do, and as women, as as the head of as the women keepers of the house, you know, the home in, individually. But there's a there's a larger meaning to that. Your home, you know, like our church home, our family, the atmosphere. That's why I said raka. I leave it to, we have to really keep the dialogue calm, civil, loving, as we all try to explore together. You know, hey, is what Liz saying, is there any truth in it? Well, you know, but it, it's important because we will completely destroy our witness and we will just destroy each other. It's, it's what it says, it, you know. And like I said, the final outcome can be, can be a sense of a war and that's, 
there's even talk on the horizons. I listen to some of these public radios, and I'm like, how can you people talk at that level? That's scary, all right? It's scary. We have to really keep level heads. But women, one of the things in our homes, like what can you do specifically, and such a confirmation this morning, uh, was talking to Jean. I love her. She, I have so many sisters I reconnected with. But really, like, what can you do practically? All right, so I'm going to, and on the women of the elect life, I'd like to start loading his quick, you know, different uh, books, reading lists, um, uh, safe sites, you know, educational sites, books, trusted Torah teachers, uh, people that, uh, to kind of start, if, if you believe this, if you, you're even curious, to kind of get, go get on the road. Back, But also, I also teach people to know a deep, what's called in Hebrew, the sowed level, a very deep, mystical, mystic, well, it's not even the word, a, 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 it's a level of understanding, and I love to teach anybody, where really the prophecies are hidden. They're very deeply embedded. It's When you understand Hebrew and how it's coded and subset, it's the most amazing language. <laughs> I still just am in awe of it, but that's another subject. But there, what the Jews do is every week there is what's called the Parsha. They put out, this is exactly where the Christian, I think the Catholic Church got this idea of the lexicon, where you read the Bible through in a year. And you, but that's they didn't invent that. That comes totally from the tradition of, of the House of Judah and from the time of Ezra, the second table, and, and that they would keep, and, and you know, they read through the scriptures in a year in a cycle and everybody's on the same page in a sense and but the revelations this is a huge unifier practically because if i could take the time to to show people what the parshas were when we just went through passover it would blow your mind like you know yeah we were speaking so clearly in these things and okay so it it's a practical tool and I'm gonna put, I'll put a link on a website where, so in your daily devotions, instead of like, oh, what should I read or coming up with, if we all got on the same page, Jews and Christians together, starting reading the parshas and and trying to get the collective, like get the mind of of Elohim on this, that would be huge. And it's one of the best ways. So that's just a subject, but I'm gonna start posting, you know, the weekly parshas that you can break them down into days. There's readings, and then there's a there's a a Sunday or a, a, a Sabbath reading. That's very important. But um, in this whole concept of, you know, equipping, equipping the saints because, you know, the days are evil. We, this is, I think I got to come back to a point uh, because when we in our houses, I told you time of Passover, I'm trying to explain the feast. There are certain things that we, in my opinion, well, it's not even in my opinion. I just have, this is God's, he is the one who set this up. If you want to be on Yahweh's page, he said, the feasts of the Lord are eternal ordinances for all the children of Israel in all the generations. Now, I didn't write it. That's what it says. No, matter, get, no way getting around it. We need, but women, we can come back. You know, we can do a second Passover. It's incredible, this whole thing. May 8th, there's a whole it's like Yahweh put an, another exemption date in there, and it's falling on May 8th this year, and everybody could do a second Passover, which is a hugely important. We're to do these not ritualistically, that's not the, 
the point is to remember, to observe, to do, to, to, Yeshua did the Passover, Seder, with his disciples before his death. And he said, do this, keep doing this in remembrance of me. He was, remember the Passover. Because this is hugely important to our storyline, especially where we are today. We're coming up on the last Passover. And this time, when this happens, we really will pass over resurrectionally. <laughs> but um, so to just throw dates out there, if you want to, you can start to come to the Parsha. Just check it out in your home and encourage your kids. If you're home homeschooling and you're, you know, do the Parsha with your kids. You can do, prepare for the second Passover. You can, what is happening in, is, is the, the counting of the Omar is beginning, which is a count 50 days from the end of the um, Feast of First Fruits. You know, and where you count 50 days to Shavuot, which is Pentecost. So if we could you know, begin to get a grip on these things and begin to incorporate them into our homes, discuss them calmly and quietly with our husbands and children. The spiritual, that's huge. <laughs> it's been happening in huge numbers out there. I said, but it's starting to happen experientially now, I think, in the church. The harvest is here. A lot of the harvest is probably getting people back into that. You know, remember, he gathers the wheat into his barn. Allegorical way of saying he's trying to get his people back into his safe space, his page, what he wants us to do. Which, And so these are just practical things. And as women on a journey together, I think it'd be great. I mean, you know, the Jews, I, I get jealous sometimes. I really do. Because they have such an incredible, doing this keeps you such coherence, coherence in your family life. It gives you such great things. There's such an element of preserving family and traditions and shared memories and shared, it, it's it's and it's served them for exile you know over for 2000 years and before that they have preserved themselves there and that's one of the ways they did it and and the father did that for a reason okay everything has a very practical purpose to it you know we don't so these are just things that I want to leave with you guys I am going to go on <laughs> Uh, Facebook Live again at noontime, and I'm going to try to reach a larger community of women and of, of anybody on my Facebook feed. And if you would, if you're interested, you know, share it or get it because this has to go out as a larger message. Because the saints of Elohim, when you go into battle, you need some marching orders, right? I mean, <laughs> that's the whole point. The shofar has to sound, the trumpet has to sound, so people know to get ready for battle to marshal themselves, and then they need to come to a place, this would be all very literal in Israel at the time, and then according to tribes that they would get their marching orders. You know, and this is exactly what's going on allegorically spiritually right now. People have been prepared. Believe me, you have, if you're here, I believe, you're prepared. You, you, and you have a mission and a destiny and an anointing and a, diminish everything and it's time for all of us to kind of be able to move out with confidence and with authority and in my opinion there is an element that knowledge is power 
This is why we teach kids school, because they will be able to be equipped to deal with life if you get a certain level of education, all right? The same thing for us. Um, so that's what I'm about. All right, I didn't want to spend, I just wanted to come out and say that. I want to say, you know, it's a beautiful day. We have two good days in a row. <laughs> Praise Hashem. Uh, spring is here. It is coming. And I don't think we're going to get out of lockdown, per se. This is not going away. It's not going to go back to normal. We are in a cycle where Yahweh Elohim is dealing with us individually, corporately, as a nation, and as his people. And you, know, you can hide your head in the sand, whatever. But um, actually, part of me is terrified, but part of me is absolutely exhilarated. So this is what you know, we've all been through. So on that note, shalom, shalom. And I hope you know to continue dialogue and see you uh, at noon. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Maybe you have some questions or would like to share your thoughts. Liz would love to chat with you about it, so head on over to the website, theelitelife.org. Or if you prefer, you can leave your comments on the Liz McGee YouTube channel. And if you're over on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe and hit the bell. Tune in next week as Liz brings out more on the mysteries that matter and more food for the soul. Thanks for tuning in.